Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Mindful Perspective. I'm your host, Nick Levesque, Certified Spiritual Life Coach, and I'm here to share insights into my journey of mindfulness and self-discovery. Each week, we'll explore mindset, spirituality, and personal growth to help you navigate life's challenges with practical strategies and inspiring stories. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of A Mindful Perspective. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about visualization, which I find is an extremely powerful tool that can really help us on the path to achieve our goals and create the life that we truly want. So we'll be defining what visualization is specifically. We'll also talk about the science behind visualization and how we can start using visualization in our everyday lives as a practice. So the best way that I like to think about visualization personally is basically a mental rehearsal, okay? So in your mind's eye, essentially what you're doing is that you're creating a detailed image of your goal or what it is that you want to achieve. So essentially with visualization, you are practicing imagining what you want to achieve in the future as if it were true today. And an important thing that I want to highlight as well with visualization is that this is not something that's quote unquote a spiritual practice or, or anything like that at all. Visualization has been around for a long time, and it's been used a lot in sports coaching. Coaches would use that with their athletes, right? Whether that's in basketball or golf or whatever. But a lot of the famous athletes that you uh, you can see, for example, like people like Arnold Schwarzenegger or people like um, Tiger Woods, for example, right? They would constantly visualize uh, the process and the outcome of what they were doing, right? This is why I call it a mental rehearsal. And this was used across the board by many different types of athletes, right? So uh, whether you're someone that plays basketball and you can visualize yourself on the court, really taking those free throws, for example, right? Whether you're visualizing yourself uh, going up and playing golf, right? It doesn't matter what sport it is. Uh, and this is what I mean by a mental rehearsal. So is that you're practicing what you're doing in your mind when you're not actually on the court, or maybe you're not playing chess right now, but you're able to really see that in your mind's eye and visualize the process and the outcome. And the thing about visualization is that it's not only used for sports, right? We can use this in multiple aspects of our lives, right? So we can use it to visualize our perfect home as an example, right? We can use it to visualize us uh, preparing for a presentation that we have to deliver next week, right? Or maybe uh, it's a, a speech that we have to give to an audience next week. So we can visualize ourselves preparing for that speech and doing and delivering that speech, right? So again, it is a powerful tool that can be used in many aspects of our lives. And to show you just how powerful visualization is, I want to share two studies that I found for you guys uh, to paint a better picture here and to show you just how powerful visualization actually is. So the first study that I want to highlight today is a study that was conducted by Dr. Blas Lodo, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, at the University of Chicago in 1996, and he did a, a study specifically on visualization. So what he did was that he asked a group of students that were randomly selected to make a series of free throws. And then once they were doing their, their free throws, uh, the percentage of free throws were actually calculated and tallied up. So once this first part was done, basically what he did is he divided the students okay, into three groups and asked them to perform three separate tasks over a 30-day period. So the first group was told to not touch a basketball at all for 30 days. Okay, So no practicing, not being on the court at all, or no playing basketball whatsoever. The second group was told to practice. So they were actually allowed to practice shooting free throws, but only for 30 minutes a day for 30 days. And for the third group, they were allowed to come to the gym every day for 30 days. But here's the kicker, okay? 
So they had to spend half an hour with their eyes closed, simply visualizing hitting every free throw. So basically, they would just sit down and visualize themselves making the shot. So they weren't actually allowed on the court. They were in the gym, but they weren't on the court and they weren't practicing. They were simply closing their eyes and visualizing themselves shooting the basketball. And after the 30-day period was up, the students had to come back to the gym and they had to take the same number of shots that they did in the beginning of the study before they were actually divided into three groups. So the first group of students who did not practice at all, they show no improvement, right? So that makes sense because they didn't do anything. They didn't visualize. They didn't practice. They did absolutely nothing. So no improvement was done there. The second group of students who had actually practiced, right, physically on the court shooting the basketball, they showed a 24% improvement, which is phenomenal. And for the third group, okay, so the group that just visualized themselves, you know, making successful free throws and just being in the gym, but not actually doing anything other than visualizing, they showed a 23% improvement, okay? So that is just 1% less than the group that actually physically practiced for 30 days. So just to summarize this quickly here, but essentially the group that purely just visualized the exercise, right, was almost the same improvement as the ones that had physically practiced, which is absolutely mind-blowing when you think about that, right? Now, for the second study, this one was actually conducted at Harvard University, okay? So they had two groups that were separated. So the first group, what they had to do is they had to sit in front of a piano and they had to play a sequence of, of five keys, essentially with all of their five fingers, okay? So they had to play, for example, uh, just five notes with five fingers. They did not need to be professionals by any means. They just needed to do a repeated sequence with all of their five fingers. And they needed to do this for two hours a day. They could take little breaks in between, but two hours a day for five consecutive days, so from Monday to Friday. And as they were doing this, right, they were getting their brains scanned every day. And the scientists really focused on the regions of the brain that were connected to the finger muscles, right? So essentially when they were moving their fingers, that would trigger a certain part of their brain. And basically what they found at the end of the five days was that the region of the brain that they were triggering, okay, when they were playing the notes on the piano, it actually grew 30 to 40 times what it was before the beginning of the study. And this is due to a process called neuroplasticity, right? So it's our brain's way to adapt and change on depending what it's doing, right? So when it's learning something new, it's creating new neural pathways, right? But this shows that the brain is actually growing in that instant. However, the very interesting part is that while th this first group was actually asked to do that with a piano, there was also a second group that was asked to do something similar, but they, they had no access to a piano, okay? So they had to sit in front of a table and they had to put their hands on the table laying flat. So they weren't moving their fingers or anything. Their, their hands were literally just flat on the table. And what they were asked was to visualize them doing the same keystrokes as the first group, okay? So again, they're just sitting there on a table, their hands are flat, and basically they're just visualizing themselves moving their fingers and doing the exact same sequence that the first group was doing. And at the end of the five days for both of these groups, what they showed was that literally when they put the brain scans next to each other, okay, so the brain scans of the first group, which actually did the thing, and the brain scans of the second group, which actually visualized the thing, they were basically identical, okay? So they both grew 30 to 40 times, right? So both regions of the brain in both groups actually grew 30 to 40 times what they did prior to the study. And that's absolutely fascinating because the first group, right, that makes sense because they actually did something. But the second group just visualized it and still they were able to increase that part of the brain because what happens is our brain does not know the difference between reality and an imagined reality.
And this is exactly why I want to share this with everyone, because this again proves that science backs this up, right? And if you want to do your own research on this, like those are only two sh studies that I shared today, but there are multiple other studies that I've read up on this. And I was, again, fascinated by this, right? So I really hope that this can kind of uh, shed some more light and perspective on how visualization is such a powerful tool that we can use. And again, the more you repeat and the more you practice this visualization, because again, visualization is a practice, by the way, right? The more you do that, it literally trains your brain to respond as if the outcome were true in this present moment right here, right now. So again, when you're doing this, right, you're literally directing your subconscious mind to be aware of your end goal that you have in mind. So whether that's the presentation that you were talking about, or uh, for example, whatever the goal may be. And this personally for me is how the law of attraction and manifesting whatever it is that you want works, right? I think that the more that you think about something, right, the, the thoughts that you have, the more that you think about this goal, how you visualize this goal, the more that you do that, again, you plant that into your subconscious mind, right? And then essentially what happens as well is that we have something in our brains called the RAS, okay? So this is basically called the reticular activating system. And what this system does, essentially, the best way to think about it is that it is our mind's filter, okay? So every day we have a lot of information that we're processing, right? So we are processing information that we're given or just stimuli around our environment. So basically what this does, right? Because again, our brains cannot process all that information. So unconsciously, this filter will kind of just filter out all the unnecessary things that we don't need and just keep the things that are very important to us. And an example of the things that are very important to us could be our beliefs, Another few examples of how this could work, right? So let's say that you're sitting at a restaurant, okay? And you're talking with your family, right? So you can hear everything that's around you, right? But your brain is just unconsciously filtering all that because again, you can't process all that information. But what if someone said your name, right? So what if you're, you're talking to your parents and then all of a sudden you hear the word Nick? Well, automatically you might just, you know, turn around because you heard your name, right? So you think maybe someone's talking to you, right? Because again, your RAS is filtering the important information to you, right? And obviously your name's important. So the beautiful thing about the RAS is that we can train it, right? So because again, essentially what it does is just, it reinforces what is already in your subconscious. And this can be extremely valuable for us to help us shift um, beliefs about ourselves that no longer align with us as well, right? Because again, let's just say as an example that um, you, you think you're an imposter, okay? You've got beliefs about yourself that you're an imposter, that you might be a fraud, um, what this essentially means is that if you secretly think that you're an imposter at your job, basically what's going to happen is that you will only see more instances to confirm that belief, right, in in your daily life. And this is why I truly believe that the RAS can help us attract and manifest what it is that we want in our lives, right? Because again, the more we visualize and plant that into our subconscious mind, the more we are telling our RAS what it is that is important to us and what it is that we want to focus on. And I've noticed this personally in my life because I do a lot of visualization and the more I do it and the more it goes in subconsciously, it's almost like I'm seeing opportunities that I may not have before, right? It's almost like I'm attracting and pulling different opportunities to me to help me manifest my goal because again, I've put it so much into my mind subconsciously that I'm training myself to almost unconsciously look for opportunities that I may not have uh, been aware of before. However, I do want to highlight a very important point here, okay? It's that, yes, visualization is a powerful tool that can help us attract and manifest what it is that we want. However, in my personal opinion, I am a firm believer that the law of attraction is nothing without the law of action. So again, yes, visualization can be an extremely powerful tool. However, with that being said, for example, if your goal 
is to lose weight, right? So you, maybe you're visualizing yourself in the gym. Maybe you're visualizing yourself at the end result, right? What would that look like? How would you feel having achieving your weight loss goal? Well, to be honest, yes, you can visualize that all you want, but you will need to take action and make changes in your diet, right? You will need to take actions and actually show up at the gym, right? Again, visualization is powerful, but we need to take the action. The same thing is if you want to manifest your dream house, absolutely, you can visualize everything. And I'll give a few examples on exactly how to visualize, but you can visualize all you want, but eventually you will need to take action and do steps to actually get that house, right? So whatever it is, I truly believe that taking action is also a very important step that pairs very well with visualization. So now that we have a better understanding of what specifically visualization is, okay, and the science behind it, I want to share with you how I personally do visualization because again, I do a lot of this and how I was taught to do visualization. So before you can even start visualizing what it is that you want, step number one is that you actually need to get clear on what you want specifically. And also I would add to that why you want it, okay? So as an example here, when I started my coaching business, right, I would visualize myself constantly, uh, you know, doing the work. I would visualize myself on calls with practice clients. I would visualize myself doing the coaching essentially, right? But most importantly, before I could do all that, I needed to get clear on what it is that I wanted to do. So obviously my what was I wanted to start a coaching business, but why did I want to do that specifically? Well, because I love helping people, right? I love get getting people from where they are right now to where they want to be. So the why is extremely important, right? And there's a beautiful quote by uh, Viktor Frankl, and he says, those who have a why to live can bear with almost any how, right? So I truly, truly resonate and believe in this because I truly believe that if you have your why, you will be able to figure out your, your how, even if you don't have all the steps lined up in front of you, right? So again, what is it that you want specifically and why do you want it? And the why can be even for smaller goals that you have, right? So just as an example, let's say that you have to give a speech next week, right? In front of a thousand people. Well, what is the goal, right? The goal is obviously to deliver a, a great speech, but why do you want to do that, right? Um, sometimes it doesn't need to be a goal that's five years from now. Why do you want to deliver a great speech, right? Because again, maybe it'll give you new opportunities. Maybe you can change people's lives, right? So again, I just find that when you're digging deeper for that why, for me personally, what I've noticed is that whatever, whether it's a very small goal or a bigger one, that why helps me to visualize much better and get clearer on what it is that I want. Step number two is to get relaxed, okay? And try to quiet the mind a little bit. Now, I know that can be hard, but just get into a space where you can really feel relaxed, okay? And that you also will not get distracted or bothered by anyone, right? That's personally how I like to do it. Personally, for me, I love visualizing in the shower. I find it relaxes me. I take a few deep breaths before I start. I close my eyes for a few minutes, and then I just let my goal play in my mind's eye, essentially, right? So find a spot where you can relax. And before starting, right? Because again, when you're starting this, it's a practice, right? So when you first start, you might have a bit of trouble with this, right? I know I did when I started, I was like, well, what do I visualize? How do I do that? Right? So before doing that, right, don't get anxious right before starting, because then again, the visualization process won't work as well. So get into a spot where you're comfortable, that you can relax, and that you won't have any distractions. Step number three, this is the most important, and I'm going to give examples after, by the way, okay, just to help you with the process of visualization, but this is just to kind of set the groundwork for now. But step number three is that you need to bring your emotions and your five senses. Because the reason you want to do this, right, is because you want to make it as real as possible. Because again, your brain does not know the difference between what is real and what is imagined. And also when you're visualizing, 
you're you're visualizing something as though you've already attained it, right? As though you're already doing it, or maybe you're already living that current experience. So the more sensory detail that you can bring, the more emotion that you can bring, right? How do you feel? Let's say you're visualizing yourself winning a gold medal, just as an example. How does it feel to win? Who's with you, right? What are you seeing? Are you smelling anything? What are you tasting? Are you eating a celebratory donut as an example, right? It doesn't matter what it is, but the more sensory experience and emotion you bring to it, the more real it will feel. And for a lot of us, we actually do visualization unconsciously, okay? And and let me expand on this, right? Think about anxiety for a second, okay? When I have anxiety, what tends to happen is that I'm projecting into the future, okay? And I'm thinking about all these different scenarios. I'm imagining these things. And then I'm feeling that experience, although as if it's happening right now, even though I'm not actually experiencing anything, right? I'm in a safe space. Nothing's actually going on around me. But because I'm thinking about these scenarios, okay, and I'm imagining perhaps the worst outcome or whatever, my body is experiencing this right here, right now. So when you really look at anxiety as an example, it is, if you will, a form of visualization, right? So if we can visualize certain outcomes and make it feel real right now, even though there's actually no perceived threat around us, well, we can also most certainly visualize our goals as though we've already achieved them, as though they're already happening right here, right now. So that's just a different perspective that I wanted to highlight about visualization that can maybe help you really feel into that emotion and the sensory experiences when you are visualizing something. Step number four is to actually see yourself doing the steps, okay? So as a, as a quick example here, let's say that you are giving a speech next week, okay? So the what is you're giving a speech, the why is that you really want to give a great speech. This is why you want to visualize it and practice it in advance, okay? So what I advise here and what I personally do as well is that I visualize the entire process, okay? Not just the outcome. So as an example, I would start by visualizing walking into the room, okay? Where am I physically, right? Am I in a school? Am I in an auditorium? Am I in a familiar place, for example, right? What color are the walls? Is there anyone that I'm talking to? Is there anyone behind me? Is there anyone supporting me with this, for example, right? Then I would also imagine myself walking up the stairs and then going onto the stage, right? And you can also bring in, again, all of your sensory experiences. Am I see like, what am I seeing? Is it a small crowd? Is it a large crowd? Am I smelling anything? Um, and then you can also picture yourself doing the actual presentation, right? So again, picture yourself maybe, you know, starting up the PowerPoint or whatever it is that you're, you're doing. Picture yourself going through the introduction. Picture yourself walking on stage and picture the entire thing. Picture yourself going through the entire presentation. And then also, once you're done with the presentation, picture what that feels like, right? So imagine the audience, for example, giving you a standing ovation and clapping very loudly as an example, right? How does that feel? Imagine that as if it's happening right now. How is your body reacting to that, right? How does that feel in this moment right here, right now? The more you bring in your emotions, and this is what I was talking about, right? The more you bring in your emotions, the more real it will feel. Step number five, again, a very important point here is to actually take action, right? So you can visualize the presentation all you want or the speech or whatever it is, but eventually you'll need to do it. But I'm a firm believer that if you've mentally rehearsed it over and over again, when you do step on stage, you, you won't be as nervous, right? When you do step on stage, you'll already feel confident because you've done it so much over and over, right? So not only have you mentally rehearsed it, but you've also literally practiced that speech, right? Because when you're visualizing, this is why I say it's important to do the steps and not only the outcome is because you're also rehearsing what you're going to say as an example. And now I want to be very honest about something as well. Does it mean that the outcome will be exactly how you visualized it? 
No, you know, maybe it will be better, but maybe it won't be exactly as it is, right? So maybe you've envisioned or visualized uh, a huge standing ovation by a thousand people, right? But maybe the audience will only be a hundred people and you'll get um, a lot of great feedback, but it won't be a standing ovation. But that doesn't mean the speech wasn't great as an example, right? So that's just something else I want to throw in there. And again, personally, I've used visualizations in, in so many different aspects of my life, right? Whether it was, again, like I was talking about earlier, uh, my coaching business or even when I started my podcast. So just a quick example of personal visualization for me, what that looked like, right? Well, first and foremost, I've, I was doing visualization for my podcast months before I even started it, okay? And how that looked like for me was exactly like I was talking about. So first and foremost, get clear on what it is that I want to do. So what it is, right? I want to do my podcast. Why do I want to do my podcast? Because first and foremost, I love talking about this stuff. But secondly, I want to be able to help people on a broader scale. So once I've got my what and my why, then I get relaxed, right? So again, like I told you guys, for me personally, I love to do visualization in the shower. So I get relaxed. I take a few deep breaths in and out, and then I just kind of quiet my mind for a bit, okay? Once I've done that, then I can start my process, okay? So literally for me, what that looked like for my podcast was literally just seeing myself do the steps. So I, I literally envisioned myself and visualized myself going on Amazon and shopping for the things that I needed, right? So the equipment that I needed, I visualized myself setting up my studio. I visualized myself actually recording an episode, right? How how does it feel to record an episode? How would that look like? What is the structure of me setting up my episodes and actually recording, right? And then of course, I would picture the end result of me actually launching my podcast and how that would feel and also how it would feel to get feedback from people, right? So again, literally I envisioned not only the end result, but the step-by-step process, right? And while doing so, I was bringing in my emotions, the sensory information that I was talking to you about, right? The five senses. So again, incorporating all of those really helped me to uh, quote unquote manifest uh, the podcast into reality. And again, just another important point that I want to really highlight here is that visualization can be used in a variety of different aspects of our lives, right? It can be for smaller goals like presentations and speeches. It could be, uh, for example, for bigger goals that we have, right? Maybe again, like starting a podcast or launching a business as as an example, right? So it can be in a variety of different places, but it can also be to alleviate stress and anxiety. And personally for me, this is how I started visualization was actually to help me with stress and anxiety. Because again, visualization Your brain does not know the difference between what's real and imagined. So a great way to alleviate stress and anxiety when you're visualizing something is to visualize yourself doing something extremely peaceful or being somewhere that brings you peace. So personally for me, what that environment looked like was being on a beach. Okay, so I'm a big beach guy. I love beaches. So essentially what I would do is that I would picture myself being on that beach. I would picture myself walking, right, on the beach, on the side of the water. I would picture myself and feel myself feeling that. So how am I feeling in my body? Okay, so I'm feeling peaceful, obviously, because I'm in a place that I absolutely love. How does the sand feel on my feet, for example, right? It feels warm, it feels soft as I'm walking through. How does the water feel when it's touching my feet? It could be feeling a bit warmer, it could be feeling colder. Who is with me, right? Maybe my best friend is with me, maybe I'm with my brother. What am I seeing in the distance, as an example, right? There's a very clear blue sky, there's nice trees, there's birds, kind of flying around, for example, right? So I think you're understanding what I'm trying to say here. But again, what I would do is I would bring myself back to that moment and re-experience it or almost as if it's happening right now. And that for me, just doing that mental rehearsal, if you will, really helped me in moments that I was actually very stressed or anxious, right? So this is just another way to frame that visualization can be used in many different aspects of our lives. 
And a final tip that I thought I'd share with everyone, because this has personally happened to me in my visualizations as well. So let's say you've tried all of this and you're having a hard time visualizing, right? You're just not able to get into it. Maybe take a step back and ask yourself why that is, right? In my personal experience, what I've noticed is that sometimes I try to visualize something, but I had a limiting belief around it, right? So that made it very hard for me to really get into that state of visualization. So as an example, let's say that you're trying to visualize having a lot of money, right? You've got a specific set number that you want. You're visualizing that coming into your bank account. You're visualizing the steps that you need to get there. But for some reason, when you're visualizing, you're getting anxious. You're not feeling well about that, right? Well, ask yourself, is there something going on with money, right? Do I have an issue with money? Is there a limiting belief about why I can't attain this number or why this can't happen in my life, right? So maybe as an example, you just have a bad relationship with money due to maybe your parents or something in your childhood as an example, right? So what I'm saying is that if something is blocking your visualization, it could be due to a limiting belief that you may have to kind of work through and not necessarily get over completely, but just at least have a look at, right? At least bring to your conscious awareness. Now, I'd still recommend trying the visualization if you're up for it, but this is just something that I've personally experienced in my own life that I wanted to share as well. So just a quick recap here, because I know we've covered quite a bit today, but step number one, again, is to get clear on what you want and why you want that, right? So what is your goal and why do you want to do that specific thing? Step number two is to get relaxed, try to quiet the mind a little bit, get in a space where you will not get distracted and that you can practice the visualization, uh, again, with minimal distractions. Step number three is to not forget to bring in the emotions and the sensations around you, right? So again, bring in the emotions. How does that feel currently in your body? And also, again, all the five senses that you can bring as much clarity and detail to your visualization. Step number four is to see yourself doing the steps, right? Again, the more clarity you give you and bring to your visualization, the easier it will be to actually visualize. So visualize doing the steps and the outcome as well. And then step number five is to actually take action and do the thing. So that being said, that's all I've got for you guys on today's episode. If you did like the episode, please feel free to leave a comment or review, share it. Um, It really helps bring awareness uh, to what I'm trying to do, which is really kind of, you know, spread this podcast on a broader scale to really help people um, just navigate everyday life challenges. So again, with that being said, I hope you have a good week and I will catch you guys next week.